Welcome back to our unnamed podcast. It's been a while since we last did one. We had some internet problems. Brian resisted watching the movie. You know, way it usually goes. Anyway, so today we are going to do our About a Boy episode. Brian wants to do both in at once, so I said no to that. But if people out there want that and are still listening, let me know because we can do that for the next episode. I just thought that this, so the, the movie that I chose for Harper was Mad Max Fury Road. And I actually counterintuitively think there are some parallels between the movies. But really? I'll t- I mean, yeah, I can me- just kind of mention it peripherally in this Well, one. do you want, before you do that, do you actually want to do both episodes now then? Or both movies now? We, we can. We can. I don't know. I mean, we, we can just start, and if, if it comes up naturally and we start talking about the other one, then... All right. So you'll, you won't know until you listen to this podcast whether or not we're doing that. Excuse me. <laughs> uh, okay, so quickly to recap. So then should I recap both or just recap one? We'll start... Well, so what we were going to do... My recap was horrible last time. It was bad. So I'm going to try to do a better job. Wait, I thought you were not recapping. No, I, what we're going to do is that we're... Like the, the non selector oh, recaps okay. Well, the movie. you have to be very careful with this one because your other one was very bad. Well, I'll just do a better job of it. Okay. About a boy, go. A very superficial man who just wants sex uh, is introduced. And then he ends up on a date with a single mom and he's uh, reluctant but then it turns out that because of the single mom's other interests in life or the, her other priorities, she dumps him, which is very exciting for him because he usually dumps the lady. So then he gets into dating single moms. And by getting involved with that, he meets a woman and then he meets a kid. And the kid's mom is like suicidal and depressed. And the weird little kid wants to set up the, our main character with his mom to try to fix her life. And then he, so he starts pushing his way into our main character, the superficial man's life, and then foibles ensue. Foibles is... See, the part that you focused on in the recap was not the part that well, I was Well, that's the setup. That's the setup. That's the setup. And then, okay, and then by, by having this young, weird little boy in his life, he is reluctantly forced into having people he cares about in his life and that leads to big changes and then all of a sudden he's not superficial anymore and he has love in his life and he meets a woman and the kid ends up like his actual surrogate son yada 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 and everything is happy in the end and we learn a lesson We can tell what Brian thought of the movie now based on that recap, but okay, fine. You can tell what I think of the genre. All right, so yeah, that's true of the genre and also the movie. Um, okay, so what did you like about the movie? Nothing? No, I, I didn't mind the movie. I thought it was okay. I One of the things I liked about it, I thought it was pretty funny for what it for the genre of movie. It certainly wasn't like a great comedy or anything, but it made me laugh a few times. I liked that it did not rely on cringe humor, which I think a lot of kind of like mid-level to bottom-of-the-barrel rom-coms <laughs> kind of over-rely on. Are you saying that this is mid-level to bottom-of-the-barrel? No, I'm saying think- it's not. Okay, I think okay. a, lot of, a lot of rom-coms that are kind of shittily written rely on 
like rather than writing funny jokes, they just put the characters into socially painful situations, and that masquerades as comedy, which I hate. Um, the other thing that rom com, a lot of bad rom coms do, is they rely on misunderstanding and poor communication as plot drivers. So like someone will walk in on their boyfriend like helping another woman get dressed or something or like helping her tie her shoe and she'll think that there was sex happening and then they like break up and never talk about it. And this that doesn't really happen in this movie. And this is which I appreciate. a rom-com. This is Yes it is. Rom- yes, there's it no is. romance. Yes there is. There's a mild amount of romance at the end of the movie. Throughout the movie, there is, unless you're considering the kid and his relationship to be a romance, which is not, and that's creepy, it's definitely not a rom-com. Is about a boy a rom-com? He's searching online. About a Boy is a 2002 romantic comedy film directed by Chris No, Weiss. you didn't read the drama part. Romantic comedy drama. Romantic Listen, comedy drama. I understand that it's a romantic. It's the comedy. same target audience as romantic comedy, but I, I fundamentally disagree with the fact that it's called a romantic comedy. So I think one of the things... That actually brings up a good point, which is one of the things I actually really liked about the movie was that it, while it followed a lot of the traditional beats of a rom-com, there was true misdirection like if it, a, a very by the book milk toast rom-com would have had the main character superficial man character i don't know his name fall in love with the boy's mom will I, whatever yeah doesn't matter okay they would have fallen in love and been together at the end but they don't at no point in the movie is there's chemistry between them and at one point near the end of the movie she she thinks he's like, like propositioning her, or approaching her, and she she like kind of laughs in his face and says she's not attracted to him. So that's one thing. Like I think it kind of subverts the expectations of a rom com a little bit, but it ultimately is a rom com. And he doesn't like the woman that he does fall in love with. It kind of implies that he's going to be seeing her later in the future or dating her later in the future. But at the end, it's more they end up kind of more in like a domestic bliss situation rather than romantic love the the woman that he dates even. just his life ends up he ends up with like domestic happiness but it's platonic domestic happiness with the potential for romantic love yeah and i mean so i think it's subversion but it still is the genre whatever i, I you know i think rom-com is very typically like there's two characters two main characters one's the man one's the woman you know they've they fall in love, something inevitably, ha- inevitably happens, it poses a threat to their relationship, and then by the end, they reconcile somehow, and they end up together. And that's not at all the trajectory of this movie, and I just think that, that, that say, calling it a rom-com just, is just a misnomer. It's just a, it's just a misclassification of the movie. But that's fine, whatever. No, that's can, absurd. That's it. absurd, because that, that assumes that, ev- that the genre literally is one plot. That oh, it, it has to follow the... The genre ex- is one plot. It often is one plot, but that it doesn't have to follow... It doesn't have to have the exact same outcome to but be a rom-com. But it has to center around a romance. It does, this doesn't center around a romance. In fact, this centers around a relationship with, a, as you said, superficial guy and a kid who's, really, who's an outcast and, and follows their relationship much more than it does in a romantic relationship. The only way that it involves romance, in my opinion, is that... He is oh he becomes open by having a relationship with this kid. He becomes open to other 
more meaningful relationships in his life, he becomes less of a quote-unquote island, which is something he calls himself a lot throughout the movie in the beginning, and becomes more willing and open to having meaningful relationships with other people other than himself. So that is what the movie centers around. There is not, it does not center around romance. The, tr- the setup of this plot is on purpose meant to be the, the traditional stereotypical setup of a rom-com because the whole point of it is that it is a subversion of the genre while still being that genre. And, yeah. and I mean, if they actually wanted it to not be a rom-com, they wouldn't have even included the, the beautiful woman that he falls for and who's like sort of in his life at the end and is, he's going to date later. I mean, I think that's, that is what you're saying is the only thing that qualifies it as a rom-com and sticks it in that genre, but it's not, but that's what allows it to be in the genre, not what the movie was made around, if that makes sense. Anyway, we, we're, this is a silly debate. It's called a rom-com, I understand. It's a but fucking just, rom-com. Anyways, so you were saying what you liked about it. I, I liked that about it. I liked that it was... Like I, when I going into it, I really thought I was like, this is gonna just be a beat for beat, shithole comedy, like rom com. But it was like it actually was authentically surprising a few times. Yeah, but you think very low of the movies that I'm going to recommend because I will say that I have a little bit of an insecurity about this podcast because I feel like I'm not doing a good job of picking movies. And the reasons why I'm picking them feels very superficial to me. And the reasons why Brian picks movies is seems better and, and just more thought-provoking. Um, the reason why I picked this movie for you is that is what you're saying. And then also that there are there is some darkness in this movie, like the suicide of the mom or the attempted suicide of the mom and a child growing up with a single parent who tries to commit suicide, that topic is, is broached in the movie too. And then bullying. And there's all kinds of topics in the movie that are – that are touched on that I think are a little bit less superficial than the, than your average rom-com. And I guess one of my goals with this podcast is to try to get you to appreciate some of those more subtle themes in movies that would outwardly appear to be pretty vapid or rom-com or, or whatever. You know, I mean, whatever. didn't I just say I like that? Why does that yeah. make you insecure? No, what I'm insecure about is... That I'm smarter than you? That's what it feels like. It feels no, like I'm, I'm not... kidding. <laughs> I'm joking. But I'm serious. It feels like I'm not doing a good job of picking things that you are going to analyze in it. Not that you are analyzing it. Don't make that face. You are analyzing it, but it just feels like they can't really lead to the extent of analysis that, for example, we did last time for um, that other movie. What was it called? Nightcrawler. For Nightcrawler. It's because you like worse movies than me. Well, that's what I'm saying. I guess I'm insecure that I feel... I, I know that I like shitty TV and that I like <laughs> shitty movies. It's not a surprise, but... But I, I guess it, it feels like we cheapen the... Just the, the fact that the movies that I like also make me feel happy and that I like watching other people be happy. And I think that that, that is cheapened in the way that we approach movies in this podcast. There's just not a lot of analysis okay. with... That it made it made you makes you feel happy. I mean, you can talk about why. All right, I'll say this. I think that's one of the similarities between this movie and Mad Max Fury Road, because <laughs> Mad Max Fury Road, there's like you, you can there's supposedly like a feminist sort of 
critique of that movie or like it's, it's supposedly like a strong powerful feminist narrative in that movie and I get it but the reason I picked that movie is that it makes me feel good and it doesn't make me feel good in the same way as you but it's it's like a visceral exciting experience and I don't have a lot of like kind of in-depth literary analysis yeah, of Mad Max Fury can't Road. Really, you can't really bring it in that direction too well, I don't think. Yeah, and that's part of, like, that's why I think there's actually good symmetry between the movies. Because it, it really, like, at our most basic level, what each of us is attracted to in a movie is, like, summed up in a very raw way in both of these movies here. Like, I just like the adrenaline, excitement, uh, high stakes of watching violence and chaos, and you like the happy pleasures of domestic bliss and uh, cathartic friendship and stuff. You know, I don't. Yeah. I don't know if I'm articulating that well, but yeah, no. I mean, that's true. I think that in this, in this case, that about a boy has more depth depth to it than Mad Max Fury Road. So you could even argue yeah. that this week. What do you mean there's a suicide attempt? And a kid living with a mom who attempts suicide. I don't know. Mad Max Fury Road is about, like... He finds Men her. destroying the world and, like, female subjugation and all of that shit. That's... Is in the movie, sort of. It is I in mean, the it's movie. it's the whole way it's through the, the whole, movie. Yeah, it's, it's in the movie, but it's not really a commentary more than that. Like, that's just what the premise is of the movie, is that men are taking over and women are being used for... All right, let's about should, a, should about a listen about a boy isn't about suicide. It's just that's just a plot. That's a thing that occurs in the movie. But the movie is actually about finding friendship and family in unexpected places and like being willing to or being open to the fact that y your life can change as a result of love Aww, from people. You know, what a nice message. It's horrible. <laughs> okay, so should, should we just do the Mad Max Fury Should I summarize Mad Max Fury Let's keep talking about this one, and then we'll just kind of pivot into Mad Max Fury Road afterwards. But we just talked about Mad Max. Okay, but we'll talk about it as right, we go fine, through this, fine. if we see parallels. And yeah, then but I want to can... be able to do my summary. We'll do that at the like when we finish with our dislikes. Okay. <laughs> I guess you have a lot of dislikes. No, 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 no. We can, there's other stuff I like. I thought Hugh Grant was good and well acted well. I thought the kid was like, well, I'll, I'll talk about him later. What, I thought Hugh. I thought Hugh Grant was like, he's charismatic and and funny in it. Yeah, I think that that's true too. I, what about Tony Collette, the mom? I, I, like the the like the really weepy, depressed woman is. It just doesn't seem that difficult to do. Wow. Okay. I think she was really good. I think she's great in that movie. I think she's very believable in her character. I also think that she has depth. She's not just the weepy woman. She goes through phases of that, she's but the she also she's a suicide drug overdose woman. She's that, but she's also the mom who is very off the beaten path. She's she has she's very blind to the things that her son needs because she's so um, she's so what, what's the word I'm looking self -involved? for? Self involved. She's self involved, but she's also ugh, I can't think of the word now. She's um, principled. She's very principled, mm -hmm. and she's very it's very ingrained in her. She has these beliefs that and she's she's raised a really lovely son but this poor yeah. kid you don't think he's lovely do we think he's a cool kid i don't think he's cool by social standards but i think he's a do we I think, think he's, he's cool really, by any standards 
I identify with that kid because I was an only child. I had I lived with my parents half the you know each parent half the time. You do burst and into I was song weird. too often. I was weird. I didn't have friends when I was a kid. I was a little bullied. Like I wasn't bullied the way he was. Like he was bullied much worse than I was. But I was. I didn't really have a robust social life. I mostly hung out with adults, and that's essentially what he does. He's much better at hanging out with adults. And part of that I think is because he talks about. He's willing and able to talk about things that are at a higher level because he's dealing with something that's at a higher level at home. I mean, he he's dealing with trauma where he came home and found his mom, you know, who vomited and had tried to commit suicide by overdosing. And he was the one who found her. And that's just makes you grow up in a, in a way. It brings you to a level, you know, of conversation and of, of understanding of the world that most people don't have until they become adults. So it's hard to relate to people your own age. And I, I don't think that I experienced trauma to the extent that he did, but I definitely experienced some trauma in my life growing up when I was a little kid that made it a little bit harder for me to relate to people in my life who had more cookie cutter existences. I just don't think I would like to hang out with that kid. Seems like a tough hang. But why? What did he do? As a, When he hung out with Hugh Grant... They, you know what they did when he hung out with Hugh Grant? They they actually explained away the development of their friendship with a montage. So all I really saw from him was like bursting into song in the middle of class, which sucks. He didn't just burst. That's all you saw of him? He's lonely. This is crazy. You're reducing this kid who actually is a really likable character. I don't think he's that likable. Well, I yeah, I don't know what to say about that because I think he's really I think he's a really likable character and I think that he's the kid he's, is a prey animal. He's direct. He's the kind of person that is the only kind of person that is able to break down the wall of Hugh Grant because he's so direct and he doesn't care that Hugh Grant lied. He doesn't care about the things that stereotypical adults would would care about these values that adults would care about because he's more experimental himself. He's more willing to deal with the things that Hugh Grant does. Um, because he sees past the shit in people and actually can recognize that there's good underneath the, un, underneath the, you know, wall of Hugh Grant or behind the wall of Hugh Grant. Look, he's the kind of kid that like sophomore year of college, he'll start smoking weed and he'll become like a much easier hang and he'll, he'll blossom <laughs> later. But the very things that make him necessary to break through Hugh Grant's walls are the things that would make him suck to hang out with. Like, someone who just comes over and rings my doorbell incessantly so he can come in and sit and watch TV with me when I don't want him there. Not a good hang. Good movie character, not a good hang. This is very, this is funny, because this is, first of all, that's how kids are. So, they, so that doesn't mean kids that suck. shitty kids Kids that age kid. suck. Okay, but this, is, I don't this hang speaks out with kids. to you. This speaks to you on a level that I, listeners, whoever you are, if you know Brian, you know that the, he Our listeners know me. If, Listen, if there's you, no... I know that, I know that. If you know Brian, which you do... You know that he is entirely unwilling to do things that he doesn't want to do. And if he had a kid knocking on the door, making him watch TV with him, you know, hanging around when Brian didn't want him there, Brian would hate that kid. But that's because of you. You are so, un- you're, that's so funny that that's what you don't like about the kid. That's what kids no, are like. The thing I don't like about the kid is, it, like, listen, I wouldn't be mean to this kid. I think you would. You would not want to hang out with this kid. Yes, I would. I no, like the kid. No, you wouldn't. I would. 
No, you wouldn't. You are falling prey to Hollywood I magic. I am not falling prey to Hollywood. I have hung out this with kid kids would before. would be so fucking annoying. He's, but he's not annoying in that he's compliant mostly. The whole... Just the only thing that he does is hang, force Hugh Grant to hang out with him. He's annoying. But after that, he doesn't really do annoying he's, things. He's annoying and weird the whole time. Like, the whole point of this kid's character is that he's super weird. But not annoying. He's weird, but not annoying. All right. So we'll agree to disagree about him. All right. Was there anything else I liked? I thought the the Christmas scene was funny. I thought that with the old lady. Yeah, I thought that that was a scene that like a worse written movie would have just made it like a cringe fest. But they didn't make it a cringe fest. They just made it funny, which I appreciated. I thought that was the funniest scene in the movie. It's very British that scene. I think. Sure. Yeah, and it's funny. Yeah. No, I think it's funny too. All right. Do you have like more likes? Do you want to talk about dislikes? Yeah, I, th- that's about it. All right. So, what did you dislike? I guess it's it's hard to. I mean, there was there's nothing like I really that really stood out to me that I really disliked. I think my least favorite part was, and this is also like a very much a traditional thing to be in a, in a rom-com is there's the the conflict about three quarters of the way in where everything's going pretty well and then like some information comes out like he's at the dinner and uh what was it like when the when the girl he's really finally falling in love with when she finds out that Marcus isn't his son for real. He's kind of let her believe yeah. that Marcus is his son. He hasn't explicitly lied, but he's sort of lied by omission. And he finally tells her that he's not, Marcus isn't his son. And there's this point where he could, she's upset and he could just explain the situation and say that, like, this kid has beco- gotten really close to me. Like, he's not my biological son, but I spend all this time with him and I, he really needed help. So I kind of mentored him through this. And he kind of it has become a son to me, and he's changed my life. Like, he could explain this. And if you were really falling in love with a woman, that's what he would do. But instead, he kind of he has that classic moment uh, where he he's like, no, I am a piece of shit. You're right, I am superficial. And then he just leaves and lets it all fall apart without even trying to make it stop. And that's something that is, like, painfully unbelievable to me. Yeah, but I, I actually think that at that point in the movie – he has realized that I don't think that I think he does believe that he's a piece of shit, and I think that's partic- that's specifically why he leaves because I know. he doesn't be- no. But that in most movies you're frustrated. I I totally agree with that analysis most of the time. But in this movie, I think the way that things have kind of stacked up is that he's realized that he really is nothing at that point, and he doesn't feel worthy of this woman. It's not that he doesn't love her. It's not that he's just walking away because he's too frustrated and doesn't want to explain it. It's not a stupid movie trope. It's actually that he's he really doesn't believe himself worthy to be with this woman who's just a normal, beautiful, like reasonable human being because he realized he's not that. So I, I, it, I is, th- it I, certainly is a genre trope. Whether it whether is a genre trope, but think I think here go, it has a place. Yeah, I just don't I just don't like it. I think it's like kind of a cheap writing trick and it really it reminds me of like bad superhero movies where there's the moment where they have to like reckon with what they are, whether they're a good person or a bad person. And it's just like no one really 
has those thoughts or beliefs. It just doesn't seem to fit into the real palette of human experience. I don't know, though. If you're sitting there with this woman who is... She, you've only gone on her, like one or two dates with her at this point. You have to keep in mind. He's only known her for a little bit of time. She doesn't really know him very well. All she knows about him is the couple of times they've hung out and the fact that he lied about having a son. How is he going to... like? How do you explain it that away? She also had... She was cheated on by her last boyfriend. She doesn't want a liar. Like, all of those things stacked up completely against him in this situation. And he wasn't going to... He didn't feel, and I understand why, that she was going to believe him. And he didn't even really believe himself. He, well, he did lie. And I, I don't know. I think that this, this is a time where that really has a place in the movie. It's lazy writing. Um, <laughs> so, a couple of things... At one point in the movie, he expresses astonishment that he's actually attracted to a woman for saying interesting things, which I, I get it. Like, I get that the they're really trying to make you understand how superficial this guy is, but he's, like, in his 30s, and even the most sociopathic people I know prefer interesting people even if it's just to sleep with. And I, that is Like, if it's to sleep with him regularly? Just to sleep with? No fucking way. This guy doesn't care about listen, the women that he slept listen, with in the movie. The listen. only, this is the first woman he cares about. But, like, the, the astonishment, like, the like, oh, my God. There's interesting stuff coming out of a woman's mouth, and I like it? I don't know. I just thought it was dumb. He, he it, said I don't care. Listen, I don't care about... He said he's attracted to a woman because of what she's saying more than her physical appearance. Yeah, I just... There are definitely people that you know who are not attracted to women based on what they say. Yeah, dumb people or people who are incapable of change or people who are like 19. But he was... He wasn't... He's he saying didn't, that he historically didn't, has been but incapable it doesn't, of change. It doesn't make sense for a child to make... Like, I'm sorry, but if you're an, if you're an intelligent person, which she clearly is, he's supposed to be then you're just going to be interested in interesting people, whether they're male or female. And but a little he's not interested in any people. He's an island. And a little kid... God, stupid fucking metaphor. He's an island. I'm an he's island. Oh, I'm an island. It's just... Your, your analysis of this movie is unfair because of its genre. And I just... No, fact- listen. I think the writing is lazy. I think the writing is lazy. That's lazy writing. I just don't agree with you. I, I don't, don't think don't there's anyone... Like, this man... Like, you're either so... Someone who, in their 30s, is blown away by the idea that you could be attracted to, to, to a female because of the things that, she, that come out of her mouth is not the kind of person who could change because of an annoying little kid coming to their house. It's not believable. It makes, you sound, it, makes it seem like there's no like, substrate for, for human interaction in the, his brain, like a sociopath, but he's not a sociopath. It doesn't make any sense. I don't agree with you. I just don't agree. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> The scene where he's looking up something on the internet and he types in the web URL. This is just funny. Supermodels with see through tops.com. <laughs> it's a little dated. I'm actually going to go to that right now. Oh my God. Exists. You better do it incognito. I'm going to do it incognito. I've been looking at porn since I was in like sixth grade. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Supermodels with see through tops.com. <laughs> it's like a car. It's the picture of a. It's so funny. It's a picture of the Pope in a car. And oh, there's it's a the link that says, say something. Oh, yeah. oh, it's just an opportunity to write anything you want. And you can, there's like a 
contact button where you can put your name and email address. <laughs> what did you expect? Why did you come here? What did you expect are two of the... Yeah, there's boxes. Why did you come here? What did you expect? What would you like to see here? This is one of the strangest things. That's so weird. That's so weird. And I did not go to this website before now. So someone probably, someone, a religious zealot probably made that well, after they saw this movie. Something seems weirder to me than a religious zealot trying to change people's lives. But it's the Pope. Yeah, but it's like a funny picture of the Pope. Why? He's in a car. But he's in what? Whatever. Anyway, you guys can look it up. There's also the scene where he's at the hairdresser, and she's he's on the phone, and she's just, like, touching and tossing his hair for, like, five minutes straight, just, like, moving it around for five minutes. Yeah, because he's get it, not moving it around. She was cutting it. Can you not defend everything? That seems I'm weird. I'm defending it. That scene is That's... not weird. The whole point is that he's lying where he is. I... She was rubbing his oh hair. Oh, my for... God. She... You have to suspend disbelief for movies a little bit. You have to. But this that's not something you suspend this belief for. It's funny. It's okay. funny. She just fine, she just moves fine. his hair around for like ten minutes straight. Ugh. I'm gonna go through every scene of Bad Max Fury. I'm laughing about it. Comb. I'm laughing about it. I'm gonna go it. over every scene with a fine tooth comb. No, you're not, because you sat there on your phone and watched I looked at your phone. And... So did you. <laughs> Ruthie the the dog just came. She was concerned. <laughs> Hi Ruthie. Anyway, anything else? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so there's the scene where he's trying to to fix Marcus and make him less bullied. And he gets in the shoes. And he gets the dorky sketchers. He gets some sketchers to help uh, help prevent him from getting bullied, which is just, I mean, I, I don't really think you need to explain that, but there were, from my <laughs> recollection of like sixth and seventh grade, there was no less cool brand of shoes sketchers. Sketchers were never cool, but we don't know what happened in the UK, but I'm pretty sure that they were never cool in the UK yeah. either. But what year was this movie made, though? 2003. Oh, really? I thought it said 2012 just now. Is it 2003? 2002 or 2003. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was a long time ago. And that was definitely when Skechers were, were decidedly uncool. Yeah, that's all I got. All right. I mean, I, I, I guess, I guess I w it was pretty good, but I was just kind of bored. <laughs> you were bored, but also if you don't buy in... You're bored because you're, he was on his phone too. We were both we both did a bad job of not being. I on our did phones. a much better job of watching. this We both movie did a bad job of not being. I on did our a much better job of watching this movie than you did. Anyway, we both did a bad job, and I did a pretty I good job. Of, no, you think you did a good I job. did a pretty good job of watching this movie. We both did a bad job, and we are not going to do that for the next movies. But both of us were looking at our phones because we were both bored during the movies for different reasons. We don't have time to do Mad Max Fury Road on this episode, but we'll do it next time and. Uh, we, we have to admit that we did accidentally see the Rotten Tomato scores for both movies when we were looking them up because we're up here upstate and we were looking for them on the cable um, system and it automatically shows the Rotten Tomato score. So what was the Rotten Tomato score? 93. 93. I, I would have guessed, guessed lower than that. Yeah, but that's pretty good. So just saying. Anyway, we'll be back for Mad Max Fury Road.